Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi healers, it's Allison here. So I want to tell you a little bit more about how Taylor and I got started with our podcast and the platform we've been using, which is Anchor, has been so user-friendly and so amazing. I just want to tell anyone else out there that is thinking about starting a podcast, Anchor is the way to go. First of all, it's completely free. So hello. Second of all, there's so many creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. It's crazy. I'm recording this right from my phone and it literally just looks like the record button on your videos or your Instagram. So it really is such a user-friendly platform. And the coolest thing is, is you can add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes too. And the possibilities are seriously endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never even seen before. Anchor also distributes your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many other platforms. And you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And like I said, it's so user-friendly. I recommend Anchor. Go to anchor.fm to get started or the Anchor app. See you later, healers. Hi, I'm Allison. And I'm Taylor. And together, we're the Anxiety Chicks. Each week, we will dive deep into a different topic about anxiety and the real-life experiences we all go through. While giving you all the top tools and tips you need for your journey to recovery. Our degrees may say therapist and dietitian, but together we are just real chicks on our own healing journeys too. Join us as we take you from panic to power and reduce the stigma of mental health. Remember, you're never alone and we're all in this together. Hi everyone. Welcome back to the Anxiety Chicks podcast. I'm Allison Sepinera. And I'm Taylor. And we're excited to be back here with you guys today. We have an awesome topic that we had to look back to see because I think we're on like episode 40 or something. Insane. And I mean, how cool is that? Already, I'm trying to look right now. Yes, this is episode 40. Um, It doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel like that many just because this is so fun. 40 weeks? Probably plus. Well, yeah, because we had two parters. Yeah. So we've done a bunch. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening and continuing to support us. Um, And if this is your first time here, welcome. We suggest binging some of our episodes because uh, we've gotten some great feedback on what we've talked about and how people can relate to the anxiety that we have and that we talk about and some of the guests that we have on here. Um, and if you really love it, we'd love for you to rate and review and subscribe to the Anxiety Chicks because we really want to help raise mental health awareness and awareness for anxiety and get spread the word and end the stigma of mental health. And so being able to have your feedback and your comments on there will help um, get this out to more and more people. So please go and do that. We'd love it. Thank you. Um, so how are you doing, Taylor? And because my anxiety needs the validation, thanks. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, but really. Um, uh, yes, please. Validation, no. Do not hurt my anxiety. Uh, I'm doing good. It's good. hot. It's hot. Wait, how, what, what's the temperature there? 
today? Uh, so sometimes it'll be like 100, but it says like feels like 110. But I feel like we can't complain because I guess like there's heat waves all around the U.S. right now, like in odd places. So that's what I was just going to say. So you're in Dallas, right? I'm Philadelphia, and it's it's going to be a high of 98 here today. Which is unheard of, right? It's, it's crazy. I mean, we've had heat waves before, but this is like a heat wave. I mean, the past three days have been in the 90s. Tomorrow, it's going to wow. go back to like nicer. Um, But oh my gosh, yes. It, it is. I don't know how you guys do it for like- um, We don't. Everyone well, stays inside and just sits in the air conditioning. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was going to say. So uh, you guys just kind of have to figure out sitting inside. That's so – that stinks. But I mean – Okay. But did you see my stories though Have recently when no, I go outside? I Dude, I got the coolest neck fan. Oh, my Make gosh. Make fun of me. Make That's fun of amazing. me all you want. I literally don't sweat on my walks. So everyone can back off. I tell my husband that I know people are driving by adding to cart. Wait, I want one so bad. Hold on, it's the I one know. that wait, I is it the know one that goes like this. Yeah, and, and it has two and then it, two little fans at the end. Right. Oh, and, and, it has two I, and okay. my husband just always makes fun of me, and I'm like, you know, people are looking because they're adding to the cart right now. They're on Amazon clicking add to cart. Oh, if my, you live in Texas yeah. and you don't have a neck fan, that's your fault. I don't care oh, about looking cool. Can I? Are you adding to me, cart right now? Me neither. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, I should be a no. neck fan affiliate. <laughs> can, can I just tell you though, that this is such a side note from our topic, but I've been starting to follow on Instagram and TikTok, all of those influencers that do like trip to Target part one, my favorite things that I found at Target or my favorite things I found at Walmart part one, or the best things I found on Amazon. It, they're like addicting little reels Allison, and TikToks. you cannot follow those people. Are I, you kidding me? It's the best stuff. I buy everything. No, it's thing. not because you opened your front door and you're like, uh, I have a problem. <laughs> because I, I bought that. I bought like a car vacuum, um, like a mini vacuum. No. I bought like all this toiletry <laughs> stuff for my oh, my bathroom. I mean, I like have so many things in my cart. I bought like an avocado um thing to keep your avocado fresh. Like it's an avocado topper so it doesn't get brown. <laughs> Ah, oh, I know. I'm telling next you, week so we'll, many- next week we will have an episode on shopping addiction featuring Allison. Yes, shop. Yes, <laughs> no, but that is a real thing. Sorry if you struggle with it because that is a real thing. But I don't. I don't. I really am. I, I can conserve my money. I do not just press like click and click and click. But there are things that I just do. Those Instagram posts are basically just things that make your life easier. It's not ne- right. necessary. Anything necessities is not anything. It's just stuff that makes no. your life easier. Um, anyway, we digress. So you guys, we're talking about work anxiety today, which I'm excited to talk about because – I struggle with I, – I don't as much anymore, I think, because being ha- – having my own business, I know I'm in so much control of what I do now because I don't have a boss. And that's kind of what gave me a lot of anxiety in my other jobs is my bosses because they were terrible. And I'm sorry, anyone listening that has horrible bosses, but they are – like that movie is so funny. But it's true. Like that can seriously give you such anxiety at work. We're going we're gonna to get into kind of what work anxiety looks like and stuff. But do you feel like you struggle with it right now? I'm like you. I, I struggle with like, especially if you're a people pleaser, I think any people pleaser who's in a job setting can end up with all the tasks or like taking on everything for everyone and doing everything for everyone. And then when you look at your own stuff, you're like, oh my gosh, I have so much to do. So like when yeah. I was in the hospital, I was like charting till so late at night and oh everyone gosh. else got to go home because I was helping everyone else during the day and doing like all these extra things that weren't a part of my job title, but I took them on because I'm like, you know, it's the people pleaser in me, especially like when your boss or like the people over you is a doctor and like oh people like gosh. that with like the, like kind of, yeah. uh, what do they say they have? Like, like the, the credential, like God they have, complex. They right, have like a yes. God complex kind of. And it's like, you're just a mini person to them. Like everyone's a mini to them. Like they're so yeah. yeah, that was definitely very hard for me to have people over me, especially because I'm so creative on my own, but I'm not one to like speak up about what I think we should do. Like I won't give suggestions, 
but like okay. I know on my own I could do a lot of things and like yeah I could like there was things I would see that we were doing and I'm like why are we doing this like this is such a waste of time and I I knew it wasn't helping people and I I wanted to change it but you know there's insurance and all these things that you see in the healthcare field too that you have to follow these specific steps and it's honestly so sad it's like such a waste of time and like the amount of time I actually spent with a patient in a room and how it like was literally clocked out was mind blowing to me. Well, so that's that's the stuff that actually gave me the most anxiety. Yeah. And I, when I worked at agencies as a therapist or when I worked inside the, even the school system, yeah. um, the public school system, I I remember feeling so helpless because I wanted to make such systemic change same in yeah. in the school districts or like the you know the agencies i worked at and it all comes from the top down so like yeah i've been i always was i and see i'm like the opposite i asked so many questions i presented you know like business proposals like proposals to change crisis teams and and how to make things more productive and effective and literally no one like wants change it's very weird people are so resistant well, to change cuz it all comes down to insurance and like the thing is is i spent more time making sure my notes and my charts were cuz that's where the reimbursement right. no, comes from yeah they need and so like it's the like, treatment it plans it blew my mind how much <clears throat> they focused on our treatment plans and how we charted versus how much time we actually spent working that day do you know yeah. what i mean yeah. Like did, you had to chart too. Yeah. You, y'all yeah. use like therapy oh, notes, totally. right? When I, yeah. One of my first job before I worked as a school counselor, I was an intake coordinator and a therapist in a behavioral health agency in the inner city. So I was working with a lot of low, like low income inner city mm -hmm. families. Which is and, huge insurance. Well, of course they all, they all only use, you know, med right. Medicare, I think, or Medicaid. Yeah. Um, and and so I remember we would have these like audits and we'd be like running around trying to get our treatment plans to make sure they were compliant, even though like mine were, but then I'd have to go back and do the treatment plans from the other therapists that weren't there anymore that like weren't <sighs> compliant. <laughs> and yeah, and it's just a lot of people that are overwork and underpaid. And it's just yeah. so it's yes. such a shame because go. in our country, they're just not valued in like mental health. And it's just really sad. Um but I just remember that the lack, yeah, to change to change things is is yes in in that way with insurance. I mean, like even in the school system when I was there, there's stuff about you know the inner workings of an actual school building, like mm -hmm. the principal and the administration, like that they can systemically change things. Like they have the power to do it, right. but they right. literally don't listen to any. It's it's and I, I was a school counselor, so. You're, really, you should be very valued. Well, I mean, I was, but I also really supported the teachers a lot. I, I, I see how hard teachers work and how they're literally the backbone of school system, but right. they just do not get the value that they just don't no. get the recognition that they deserve. So any teachers listening, I love you and you're just amazing. And that's honestly so true. Yeah. Like, and it just, teachers they, they are so undervalued, but they are literally what creates the, exactly our society, our world. Hi healers, Allison here. So I want to talk to y'all a little bit about one of our new sponsors, BetterHelp. I'm so excited to tell you about this online counseling platform because as a licensed therapist, I'm a huge advocate of mental health awareness and truly believe in providing affordable counseling services to anyone, anywhere. Let's face it, there's so many areas in the United States and around the world that can make it so difficult to find affordable counseling. And especially if you live in a more rural area, it can be really hard to find a counselor, which is why I love this online platform. BetterHelp is an online mental health healing platform that provides online counseling and matches you with your own licensed professional therapist. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's a professional counseling service done securely online and is available worldwide. What's even better is that there are a number of different licensed counselors who specialize in all different areas of mental health. BetterHelp makes it so easy to log onto your account at any time and contact your therapist directly. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses and can schedule as many weekly video or phone sessions as you would like. 
As a therapist, I know that it's not always possible to find the right therapist for your needs, especially the very first time. So BetterHelp has actually made it so easy to facilitate great therapeutic matches. And if you don't find a connection with your first counselor, there's absolutely no charge to change counselors if you ever need to. How amazing is that? And if you find that you're struggling financially, they also have financial aid available. So we have a special offer for all Anxiety Chick listeners today. Sign up now and receive 10% off your first month. Just visit betterhelp.com slash the anxiety chicks. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P slash the anxiety chicks and join over 500,000 people who are taking charge of healing their mental health with an experienced counselor today. Hey guys, sorry, we had some technical difficulties, but what I was saying was that teachers are basically like the backbone of our education system and really how change happens in our society and with different things. And so it was just very disheartening to really advocate for them and and bring these like ideas and ways that we can make you know, the schools I was working in more productive and more efficient for the students and the teachers and administration and just things were just never brought to fruition. So then let me guess, you often brought this home with you. Right. So that's what happens. So then there's so much anxiety about, you know, when I'm actually doing my job because I'm spending so much time trying to put these policies into place and write these things and then also be a school counselor at the same time, like with the kids and everything. And then like nothing happens and you just go home and you're just like, what am I doing this for? And you get so out. And so that's just my experience, but I'm sure there's so many other types of job fields where you just feel burnt out you know, and, yeah, but there's so many other, there's, so I'm, I want to read like what work anxiety actually looks like, because there are so many reasons that people experience anxiety at work, not just because of, you know, what we said, but that was just one of them. So right, there's a couple different reasons. So one of them is when there's some people that you work with that, and, and believe it or not, this happens. So this hasn't necessarily ever happened to me, but a lot of times the people have anxiety because of the people they work with. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people that can be bullies at work. There's a lot of people that create like hostile work environments. So they create like a lot of conflicts. So there'll be people that maybe are like, like, I don't know if you had any of these people, but I had definitely had people in my different job environments that were so competitive Mm -hmm. and always had to be like doing every single, like always staying to work at work until like midnight and always making sure that they were doing like every single thing before I got to it or whatever. Just, and well, uh, especially cause you and I, in our fields, it's such type A people. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like put in every perfectionist in one room and then let them all interact. So true. Oh my gosh. So true. I know. So <clears throat> that's a huge thing for a lot of people is imagine, you know, waking up and having to go to work and seeing these people every day that you feel like either don't like you or they're just, you know, they have this energy that is such anxious energy. Yeah. You just feel it. Yeah. So bad. Um, okay. So if you have any other type of job that where you have to meet a lot of deadlines, that can create a lot of anxiety. So I know for mm-hmm. me, I didn't really have a lot of those, but when I did have certain deadlines, Oh my gosh. Again, the perfectionist thing. Right. I was like triple million checking it for the couple days before it was due or like if I had a presentation. No. I didn't put me down. Literally put me down. Forget it. Presentations is another one. Presentations. Forget it. Like I, the day before is just a wasted day. I am so anxious. Like I feel bad for anyone who has to present in meetings weekly. I have friends who are in like, uh, they, they have these jobs where they, I, I, th- I guess you'd call them hedge hunters. It's kind of what a lot of kids do right out of college. Like they sign oh, up like for recruiters. These- yeah, like recruiters. recruiters. Yeah, right, right. And yeah. so every week they have to do like these presentations, but they also have to do these like team meetings where sometimes they'll have to dance or like sing a song or do something because <laughs> like, it's so much like, no, I'm serious. I'm serious. It's so much like team building, but also right, like right. they want you to be outgoing. And so I'm like, Literally, if I would have had to do that, put me down. Like, I am not dancing 
No, I'm not <laughs> singing. No, they do skits. Absolutely not. I mean, I I get I get what they're trying to do. Absolutely, as far as Absolutely. like team building or you know getting people out of their comfort zone. <laughs> Leave me in know? my comfort zone because like as a recruiter, <laughs> you have to. A lot of times, like I did that actually right out of college when I moved to California. Yeah, I was a recruit, an IT recruiter. And I did yeah, inside sales. Yeah, that's sales. what they do. That's what and they do. And I had to like cold call people yes, on the phone. Yes, they have those headsets. And, yes. Yeah. And that can be very anxiety. So yes, presentations. Um, so another one, and this is something I never really had to do, and I don't think I ever want to do this, but is managing other people. So maybe you are a boss, right? Maybe you yeah. are someone that actually has to manage employees. That comes with a whole other layer of anxiety. And let me tell you, there's amazing managers and bosses. I, I have experienced like one or two of them. Um, and I'm sure every single one of our healers listening are amazing bosses. So, but it comes with this layer of anxiety about, you know, having to make sure that your people are doing what they need to do, but then you're also not micromanaging them. Yeah. Because that's like a terrible managing man, managerial style. Style, you know. Research has shown that that's just might being a micromanager is not effective. No, so, I feel so bad. My uh, best friend, she's uh, she got a manager job very young at J.P. Morgan. Oh wow! And yeah, she's she's so smart. Um, and she's like a manager, which I also think is hard when you're a manager at a young age over older people. I oh think that's gosh, where it yeah. gets, yeah. So show a lot of these people, they have families, right? So I remember last year during the holidays, so many of her people were like, hey, I need to take off. Hey, I need to take off. She ended up working through the holidays and finishing everyone's job. So like, she's a great manager in the fact that like, she's smart enough and like, she's got the credentials, but she'll do everyone's job. Like oh, she'll wow. help out anyone. And it breaks my heart. I'm like, you're too nice. Like she will literally yeah. do... If, it, if someone's like, hey, like my grandma's sick and like I, I got to be with her, she will do their job so that they can oh like gosh. go. I know. I'm like, I'm like, you're too nice. Like, I don't know. I don't know how she does it. And she seems so calm. Like she seems like never stressed about it. So like maybe that makes her a good manager is that she like doesn't feel that that's a big deal. But yeah. Yeah. Well, also, if she's younger, she I mean, does she have like, is she married with a family or anything yet or she's married, but uh, no family yet? Because I feel like what happens is a lot of times when people start having kids, it's like you almost don't have the brain power to be like that at your job anymore. You know, if you are like, if you're, you know, actually going to a job, um, that it's so hard to to balance that when you actually have children because you're exhausted and it's like you just can't do it anymore. So I think that's a good age. It's a good age and it's good to be able to do that in that when you have the energy for it. Right. <laughs> and then, you know, work your way so you don't have to be doing that as much anymore. But that can be exhausting. I mean, even if you don't have kids, you know, finding a good balance. Right. Work life balance is really important. Like really, right. really important, whether you're a manager or whether you're not or a boss or whatever. I mean, that is not it is not going to make or break you. I mean I don't know. There are jobs where I guess you do have to work like 12-hour days. I'm not talking about like nursing and stuff. I know they have different hours. But like typical nine-to-five jobs, I might, I'm doing quotations, but typical nine-to-five jobs, there are people that will work right. just so many hours like after that thinking. And sometimes it just requires having to set some boundaries for yourself because you I deserve like we're it. we're in a society where we are – it's like – Okay, so her husband works for Facebook, and this is how when he joined Facebook, this is kind of what he grasped from going to meetings with all these other employees. Basically, it was like, if you want to be someone here, you give up your life. And like they told him that. They were like, if you want to make it at Facebook, you have to give up your life. Like we are, and they make the like, they make the facility super, like there's all this stuff you can do Mm -hmm. at the building so that they don't want you to leave. Like it's right, almost like a so game fun. room and like, yeah, yeah, room. but you don't ever get to use it. And right. so, so I mean like, yeah, like they both have these, uh, jobs where I guess not one or the other's pulling each other, you know, to like be home or like not be working. But, um, it's just, it's so sad. Like, I feel like, and I feel like this is why as a society, we are also experiencing so much anxiety is because 
all these people kind of like you said are one upping the other and so you feel like you have to one up again and then we're all like on stimulants nowadays and all these things and everyone's one upping it's like we live in the society that's like sleep when you're dead you know yes. like that motto it's like uh sleep is for the week and then like you watch these videos on like billionaires or millionaires uh daily routines and they're like i go right. to bed at 2 a.m and wake up at four and i'll i i think eating is a waste of time like i wish we didn't have to eat like i heard elon Musk say that and i'm just like this is such a bad example but we hear these like motivational videos and as a society it puts so much pressure on us to just want to be a normal person that's because people think that money is gonna is like the american dream to have all of the, the money american in the world dream. yeah and Honestly, yes, money makes things easier. It does. And I really believe that our country especially is so backwards when it comes to like allocating resources and funding for people that actually need money. Like we – like our poor is just so poor. The people that are poor are so poor and our rich people just keep getting richer. Like yeah. there is – like capitalism at its finest. And so, you know, that's what you're born into if you're in America. Like the American dream, make as much money as you can. And honestly, F that. Like – Yeah. I feel like if, if you, you can would, make like- – No, like if you can make a, a – like – I don't know. I've always just like been okay with living a simple life. Like, yes, of course I want, of course I have a lifestyle that um, I I had to create, you know, I I was privileged to be able to create the lifestyle that I have. I'm not anywhere near like, you know, upper class or anything, but um, I feel very okay with living a simple life and feel like I can find happiness. And actually it's, it's like, I don't know. I feel like money creates problems. That's what I like. More money, more money, more yeah. problems. More money, more problems. Who said that? You didn't? I don't know. Dr. Dre? I don't know. Well, I think another thing too is why like in society we're like that is because we get on Instagram and social media and everybody's flexing, right? Everybody's one-upping. Look at what I have. Or like you see like someone have this or someone have that and you're like, oh, I have to work harder if I want to get that or like to achieve that, I have to do this. And we're just so – it's right in front of our faces whereas like our parents – didn't have or like I would say our parents parents they didn't have those like look at what everyone else has you didn't know what anyone else had you just knew what your community had and that's all you right. knew like I was right. talking to my mom about this like my mom she grew up in a very rough area in Houston and she didn't know what other other places were like like she just knew what she grew up knowing right, right. but with yeah. social media you see all these yeah. other people with all these other things and you're like, I want to get, you know, like how you said the American dream. It's like, I want to uh, grow up and leave this area and move to LA and like be like all these, like, you know what I mean? It's, it's I mean, sad that yeah. they're, so, so they did it's a study. It's all about money. It's all about how much money you can make. That's it. They, I mean, go ahead. Oh, they did a study on young kids in school and they actually found that almost every single kid, their uh, dream job now is to be an influencer. Of and course. they didn't care about the money. They cared about the fame. One hundred. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. They but just wanted fame, li- but it was about people. likes and followers. But in their mind, younger kids with fame comes money. Like they don't right. – you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. – they're all – they're kind of one and the same. But that's that's interesting. Wanting to be famous, I don't know. I I think that it's you know it's so backwards and it's um, it really does create this sense of like dog eat dog in our mm-hmm. society. So that's why there's probably so many people that have this type A perfectionist, like want to get it. They need to do whatever they can to get ahead to get this money, right? right. To get like right. make the most money. And then honestly, like I said. When you make so much money and there's a certain amount of money you make, it's not about making money anymore. It's about power. I think I'm, I think that's what I might have said in another podcast episode, that once you make a certain amount of money, it is not about making anymore. If you're making $30 million a year and you're continuing to like do all of these, like, I don't know, just focus on only that part of your life to make more money, how can it be about the money? So my dad, my dad's a, he's a pretty successful guy and he just kind of 
ended up in the right places at the right time and just created a bunch of things. But a lot of his partners along the way, I've gotten to like get to know and meet. And my dad is like the least, he is so giving and like nothing of, it's not about image, not about having nice yeah. things. Like it's just not who he is. Uh, and his, his, uh, his, bo- not, not his boss, I'm sorry. His, uh, co-creator, they, they created a software. Um, it, you're right. It's, it, it becomes when you get to that level of money, you meet other people who are at that same level, maybe a little bit higher. So then it's all about reaching a status. Exactly. And it's never enough. Cause this right. guy, he could literally die and leave his money for maybe four generations, but he still works and he's 58 and it's still not enough. And that's what blows my mind. I always ask my dad, I'm like, when's he going to retire? I mean, my dad doesn't even associate with him anymore because it's just like the, the quality of people, you realize how there is no happiness in it because they're never content. No matter what they hit, what goal they hit, it's never enough. They still feel like they're not. Because then you meet these friends who are in that category and you're all in that category. It's kind of like if you're poor and you're in an area of everyone's poor together, you you fit in, right? Well, if you're like a millionaire and you're in this area of everyone's a millionaire, you feel like you have to be a billionaire, you know? Yeah. So it's just like, I yeah. don't believe that money will ever buy happiness. So if you are chasing the dollar or you're chasing a status and it's causing you so much anxiety, like once I get there, then I'll be happy. I encourage you to let that go because yeah. it won't it won't make you happy. And guess what? Those people when you when you when you really like when they shed whatever that is, that's this like yeah. I don't know, whatever that is it, about them that makes that the most important thing underneath right. all of that, it's a lot of anxiety. Yes. Because because there's something that makes them not feel like they're good enough unless they have this thing. But like you are the- good enough. I think the weirdest statistic I've ever heard is you've heard the statistic about lottery winners, right? Oh, wait, say, say it. The insanely high, uh, suicide percentage. Yes. Yeah. Because they literally get to the point where they're like, what is life? Like they get all this money, they live this lavish lifestyle and they're just like, it's so much so fast too. Yeah. So fast and they don't have, yeah. It's insane. Um, so yeah. So we kind of got off on a tangent there, but basically, um, one of, actually this goes into the next, the next piece of what it looks, work anxiety looks like. So working long hours. So we just basically said that there's so many of those people that are kind of workaholics that are just on the hamster wheel, um, work very long hours, have a demanding boss. Um, so it could look like experiencing a demanding workload, um, oh, this one, this one is good. And this one gave me a lot of anxiety too. When I was early on in my career, having a lack of direction on tasks. So like, I remember getting a couple jobs where I had no training, like Oof. no one trained me. And I just literally was asking where, you know, the, the supply closet was. No one even like showed me where supplies were. Oh my gosh. And then doing different tasks, like the treatment plans, all this stuff. Literally, it was just thrown in. No training, nothing. It, it, it's crazy. And so not having the direction on what I was doing gave me so much anxiety. I'm like, I don't even know if I'm doing this right. But whatever. I didn't stay in those jobs long. So that's, that was a huge thing. Um, okay. Another one is experiencing a lack of perception of fairness. So if there's a colleague or something that, you know, have you experienced that, you know, like a t- teacher's pet, quote unquote, you have other colleagues that you just know your boss likes better or they get along better or whatever. Are you asking me? I don't know. <laughs> have you ever experienced that? Um, I mean, I feel like my anxiety always tells me no one likes me. So uh, I, you know what I mean? Yeah. I just immediately have that, like, I don't even try to like be liked or, or not okay. like, be liked, but I just like try and show how hard I am to be liked. like, how hard I work. So I'll like get all my jobs done and do the extra. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, how could my boss not like me? Like I do the right thing. I don't get involved in drama. I check all the boxes in my head. So yeah. it's like, I do everything to be okay. liked, but I guess I've never really been a, like when I've had a job, I've always just, I've never really liked this, the like, uh, what is it? Break room. Okay. 
Okay. I've never been into that. Okay. Um, okay. So two other reasons why someone might have work anxiety, feeling a lack of control over the work environment. So that's kind of similar to, I feel like what I was saying before, like trying to make change or trying to do things different. And then there's other people that just have been there longer and they're just like, nothing's changing. You just don't really have control over a lot of stuff. And then having a low reward, which means maybe you're not getting paid enough or your Mm -hmm. benefits aren't, you're you're not even getting benefits or your benefits are really bad, um, can give you a lot of work anxiety. You Mm -hmm. know, like obviously people need to start somewhere. So not everyone comes out of college or even comes out of high school or whatever, making a lot of money, but some people have to kind of work their way up or whatnot. But at the same time, at some point, if anyone's listening that is thinking about how much value they have and that they're not getting paid enough, ask for a raise. Literally ask and and know your value and go into your boss and ask for a raise. I'm telling you, the only thing the worst thing that could happen is that they say no, they don't have the funding or they can't do it now. And who cares? Then you just still have your job. Nothing can come from that conversation. They can't fire you. Nothing can happen except I can't that. do that. Why? <laughs> I just can't. I can't speak up. Okay. I mean, I'm sure I can with work, but like my anxiety is like, heck no. It says, nope. Okay. Well, that's that's your inner critic. Yes. Right? Like even That's with like how you, you you said you would present those like policies and all that stuff, like I would yeah. not do that. There's no speaking up on my end. You could. I could. Your, yes, your anxiety is talking for you right now, first of all. You have Absolutely. way more control over it than you're thinking you do. Absolutely. And you could totally do it. You need to rewire your thought pattern a little bit and recognize that you can totally do it and that you deserve it and that you have value and you bring value to wherever you are. And this is how much value you bring. And you say, this is how much I'm worth. You are worth that much. I think there's a lot of people who don't feel that way though. Like they don't feel of course that they, it, And I mean, I felt like in that in my job, it's like, who am I to like go ask for that? Like it's- that's know, anxiety. It's, it's like totally. It's making you feel like you're not good enough, but you are. And that takes hard work. I mean, it takes hard work to kind of get to a point where you can be assertive enough to kind of have yeah. a voice. But especially if you're like I, super shy. I will I mean, yes, being shy is different than having this like debilitating belief, core belief of yourself that you're not enough. Right. So if you Well, I think I like knew I need I deserved a raise at times, but it's like the speaking up part was like not gonna happen. So if anyone's struggling with that, I highly suggest reflecting and looking into that part of yourself and asking yourself why that's so scary. And if it's hard for you to recognize on your own, talking to a therapist about it. Because that is gonna open so many things for you in life in general, not just work, being able to tap into that part of yourself. Yeah. yeah and you're, you're right on that. Like, it's like, it's not just at work. Like that right. speaking up part is it's every part of life. Yeah. Relationships yeah. and everything. Yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. Um, okay. So here's some signs of work anxiety. Okay. Taking an unusual amount of time of work off huh. or- not taking any time off, right? So it's like yeah. the extremes. So taking a lot of time off, obviously, if you're doing that, you are not wanting to be there, <laughs> you know? Yeah. There might be something else going on. I, I mean, of course, who knows? Um, or if you just are the person that never takes a day off and is scared to actually like miss a day because of something, then there's a part of you that that perfectionist part of you also that is unhealthy. Um, overreacting to some situations in the job. So when I say overreacting, I mean like maybe you have a response to something that a coworker said that's kind of a disproportionate response to what it should be. Maybe you you feel like you're starting to pa- have a panic attack or you just are very um, reactive to something someone says at work probably because, you know, you're 
just not, you weren't expecting it or something was unpredictable, which anxiety loves unpredictability. So um, let me tell you, (laughs) actually. Um, Okay. Focusing too much on the negative aspects of your job. So every job, there's going to be something negative. There is. I mean, even I love what I do now. I'm my own boss, but there are still days where I am like, oh my God, is this day going to end yet? Or I feel like I just had such a bad session with a client. Like I should have said something different or, oh my gosh, why did I, you know, why did I go this route with this, you know, conversation instead? And I doubt myself a lot. You know, I still have those days. Um, but I don't, I do get out of it. I don't focus. I don't ruminate about it. And that was hard for me. I, that's been hard. And I think that's a telltale sign too, if you struggle with some work anxiety. Um, and then also struggling to concentrate or complete tasks. If you have like a deadline or even if you don't have a deadline, but just struggling to like focus and complete tasks. Like, have you ever had when you were in meetings or something before and just like noticed yourself daydreaming or not even paying attention to what they're talking about or absolutely like all the time. Oh my gosh. And then, and then it's like panic. You're like, what did they just say the last 10 minutes? Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's I like, that it's like all the time bringing me back to my junior year of high school, like not even junior year. I'll say like seventh grade when they would go around the room and you'd have to like read out loud. <laughs> Wait, and can I say knew, something? You knew it was coming. I'm just like, no, please don't call can me. I, can I say something? I can't remember what guest it was that we had on the podcast, but I forgot what they were talking about. But I like, I don't know what happened. I was looking, like I was watching, but the words were not like going through my head. <laughs> and and then she goes, what did she say? She was like, Taylor, I mean, what is your opinion on it? And I was like, oh my gosh, like what was she even just talking about? <laughs> just like panic like i'm not gonna be like i'm sorry what did you say like you know it's just like wait like, yeah. you did so good because i don't even know what you're talking about i yeah i can i can make it happen but i'm just saying like even like oh, in, I, and i always thought that was like also a part of like social anxiety like i'll be like even in conversation with people in person you like start overthinking like your eyes looking at them and then you're like am i staring at their eyes too long and then you're like <laughs> am i staring at their face too intently do you have this do you feel this way? I don't know. I don't think in a long time. I feel like I have maybe. <laughs> I'm so weird. But I'll be like, I'll be like, oh my gosh, you're blinking too much. Or like, or, or like, oh what if I, God. I don't know what it is. It's just like, you're making weird facial expressions. I don't know. And then I'm like, what did they just say? Oh, you're so and funny. Then it, oh, it's just, uh, it's like. I mean, no, that, no, that does, that does happen sometimes. I don't know if it's like looking at them, but definitely Definitely my thoughts are more of like, oh my gosh, what do I have to do tonight? Or like, what am I going to eat for dinner? <laughs> if I'm really hungry, <laughs> don't forget it. <laughs> like, what can uh, I eat or something? Um, anyway, okay. So should we get to some ways to cope with work anxiety finally? Heck yes. Okay. Here we go. Sorry. I'm, my dog is – my dog is like keeps putting this bone Izzy. in front of me. And trying to, yeah, she's very cute, but she wants me to like fill this bone every two minutes. And I'm just like, get away from me. No. Okay. Here we go. Okay. So, and all of these things that I'm kind of telling you guys right now actually are, are from a post that I did on my Instagram at the anxiety healer. So, um, there's a couple other different posts about work anxiety on my page. So you can just find more information there. Um, okay. So, one this this one is i feel like i talked about before and is one of the most important ways to cope which is very important is to make sure you take time for yourself away from work <laughs> you okay i choked on water oh okay i'm glad oh. okay so <laughs> so i we talk about self care all the time on here You need to take time away from work and you need to make sure that you somehow learn how to disconnect from work. Yes. Very, very important. So make time for yourself. Find things that make you laugh and smile. I know that might seem really like, okay, well, what should I, you know, watch a funny movie? Okay. Yes. Actually, watch a funny movie that night. Maybe watch your favorite funny movie. 
Um, maybe, you know, make time for people in your life that actually make you feel good, right? Um, I found that when I was at my jobs, even if I hated like some of the people there, I hate the word hate actually, sorry, I'm not going to use that word. If I disliked a lot of the people there, there was always like at least one person that was my ally that I feel like kind of understood me and we understood each other and how like messed up the environment was. So try and find that kind of like one person at your job that you can kind of just connect to when things are going bad. Maybe they can help you laugh. Um, make sure to take your lunch breaks and if you can share a meal with others outside of your work area. So maybe if you live in like a city, I know what I used to do is I always would take my lunch break. First of all, always, um, even if I knew I had to do some work, I'd make sure if I had quote unquote an hour for lunch, I would at least take a half hour or something. Um, but I would leave my desk. I would go out and I had a couple friends that lived in the city and worked and I would even meet some other friends for lunch at some point that didn't, I didn't work with, or I'd go somewhere else that none of my work people were at. I'd always make sure it kind of like made time for that. So that's always important. Any feedback about any of those yet, Taylor? Um, hmm, I just do always the wrong thing. <laughs> you, you didn't do any of those? Uh, not when I'll take a lot. Uh, I do. I do working for myself, but working for others, I did not. Okay. It was bad. This one, go for walks outdoors on your breaks when possible. I did do that. I did do that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, everyone knows how I feel about nature. And if you don't, then welcome to the anxiety healer with Allison because I talk about nature on my page all the time and how healing it is for me. Research has shown it's amazing. Even going for like a five, 10 minute walk during your, your break or work day can be really helpful. There would um, be times in the hospital where I'd be walking down the hallway and I would just go outside. <laughs> You're like, I see a door. Bye. Literally. And I would do a lap around the hospital <laughs> and then walk back in. I'm sure my like coworkers were like, why, why is she sweaty? Good for you. <laughs> Whatever. Good. You're just like, I need air right now. Good. I got to get out. Um, one that's kind of related to that is change your scenery, get out of your, if you're in like a rut to change your scenery. So taking a walk or like going to lunch somewhere, focus on life outside of work, such as hobbies and friends. Again, with the self-care, make sure you make time to spend time with people that you make you feel good and get in interested in other things besides work. Yeah. My doctor told me that. One time she was like, you doctor. Need- she goes, she goes, you need a hobby. <laughs> I was like, I know. <laughs> I tell my mom that all the time too, because she's like retired. I'm like, you need a hobby. Okay. Um, we'll see. Isn't that funny? I was like, you need a hobby because she's retired. And now she's like, kind of doesn't know what to do because she's yeah. work was her Ooh, life or something. Wow. Yeah. Um, reflect on the good things about your job and your life. So like one of the signs we talked about was focusing too much on the negatives. So being able to cope is really, I think reflecting on the good things of your job is more like finding gratitude with yeah your life and your job. Like I used to remember what I would make get me through the days too was just feeling grateful that I had a job. Like I know there's a lot of people that struggle to even find a job, you know? Yeah. Um, and just feeling grateful that I – have been able to meet some of the people that I did at the jobs I worked at, even if I didn't appreciate all of them. Um, and you know, and just being grateful about things. Gratitude is just one of my things I will say about everything that I think is good coping tool. And then the last one, and this takes a little bit more work of what I was talking about before, maybe with a therapist, but examine your work fears and ask yourself whether, whether they are irrational or not. I love that. And that, that you know, the irrational, figuring out your thought patterns and your irrational fears, um, you know, you guys probably know I do a lot of cognitive behavioral therapy. And so that's the essentially the basis of that. I work with all my clients around their irrational fears and their core beliefs and their thought patterns and how to challenge their thoughts and really recognize their distorted ways of thinking and figure out how we can challenge them and recognize 
the coping tools for them to kind of rewire the, the way that they think. So, um, you know, I recommend CBT, but it's not for everybody. There's so many different modalities out there that are amazing, but definitely recommend if you guys have been listening to this today, if you really can identify with a lot of these, like just taking time to find some support from a professional and get the help. You deserve it, you know? Um, but it's real. Anxiety at work is real. And it's annoying. And I feel for anyone that is struggling with that. And hopefully the the podcast episode helps you a little bit today. Yeah. I feel like also men, they struggle a lot and they don't even speak up about it. Like my parents' neighbor, the the wife told me that her husband, when he first started his big big time job, he would throw up every day before work because he was oh. so anxious, oh but God. like would never admit to like feeling anxious. Oh, that's such a shame. I have a couple friends that used to tell me that. Yeah. And yeah, one was actually a teacher. She, wow. she and not because she hated teaching, she taught in a very, very um, chaotic type of school uh-huh. and got no support from wow. any of the administrators. And as a teacher being thrown into a classroom that can be chaotic and you have a lot of kids and you have no support. So again, teachers. Teachers are saying Love you. I don't I love know. You, I love, love kids. You teachers. Like 30 kids a day, every single it's, day. I mean- It's incredible. Uh, yeah. That's why when anyone says to me that have no idea like what teachers really do and have never worked in a school and they're like, oh, well, they get three months off in the summer. I'm like, do oh you understand- gosh that most of them don't even actually take off. Like so many of them still do ESY and do all different types of jobs in the summer. But honestly, they should take it off because you've no idea. Like I I feel like I say to them all the time, I'm like, why don't you teach kids? Why don't you go and try it for a week? Right. Try being in a class with kids for a week, see how you do. And and every teacher doesn't leave at like three either. They stay – anyway, this is my – this is my like oh teacher, teacher episode today because any of the teachers I love you girl I say girls because there's mostly women but men teachers everyone amazing um anyway so if you guys have any questions about work anxiety anything you can always feel free to email us at theanxietychicks at gmail dot com follow me at the anxiety healer um I don't know why I always wait till the end of the episode to say this, but my class, um, my master class, mental health master class, seven days of anxiety healing is starting in a couple weeks. I opened up about two or three more spots. So go to the anxietyhealingschool.com to enroll. Enrollment's going to close, I think in like a week. It's next, next week, next after 4th of July. Um, so enrollment's going to close soon. So the anxietyhealingschool.com, go to Seven Days of Anxiety Healing, the Mental Health Masterclass. It's one of my most popular classes. I've gotten such great feedback and I only do it, I'm only doing it twice this year. So get on that. Um, and then Taylor, what do you have coming up? Anything? You can follow me at health underscore anxiety. All righty. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.